0: You got to understand something here. This music is the glue of the world.
1: It holds it all together. Without this, life would be meaningless.
0: What are you getting so crazy about? It's just music.
2: Welcome to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times.
1: And I'm Greg Cott. I write about rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune tonight on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Summer Songs. Songs to put us in the mood for uh, the hottest season of the year. A little bit of seasonal joy. Yeah. Uh, Summer starts what, June 21st? Yeah, we better watch ourselves. I'm not sure we, we know our I think it's calendar a couple of days well. away. It's starting to get hot. It's We've- here as far as I'm concerned. It is here. Top-down weather. We are talking about songs that put you in the mood, whether it's going to the beach, driving around in your car with the top-down Uh, a sultry evening, a a beautiful sunset, a great sunrise, whatever the songs put you in the mood of the season. This is going to be your ultimate mix CD for the summer months. There you go. They might say summer literally,
2: they might just say summer metaphorically, we're going to dive in and we've got some listeners who uh, have made great suggestions, we're going to hear from them as well. Plus, we've got a look at uh, an album that's topping the charts, a most unlikely chart topping record uh, debuted this week, and uh, some old faithfuls, Sonic Youth, Grandpappies of the alternative (laughs) rock avant noise movement the new album from them but first as always we have some music news
1: The Dixie Chicks say they're not ready to make nice, and uh, neither are the fans returning the favor, apparently. A uh, major tour. In 2003, the Dixie Chicks were the number one country tour in the world, with a $62 million gross on that tour. But their 2006 summer tour is not starting off nearly so auspiciously. Uh, they are selling are trying to sell tickets to 15,000-seat arenas and finding that there's demand for only about five or 6,000 seats per some of those big arenas. In some markets. In some markets. The public on sales for shows in Indianapolis, Oklahoma City, Memphis, and Houston have been pulled because of slow ticket sales. Uh, so the Dixie Chicks tour is not getting off to a great start, even though their album sold more than 500,000 copies in its first week, taking the long way. Greg, I think what you're seeing, though, is an absolute red state, blue state division. Mm-hmm. I feel like we ought to call
2: somebody in from BEZ's news section here to talk about this rather <laughs> than 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 a music because, you know, look at the list of cities you rattled off. Indianapolis, Memphis, Houston, Oklahoma City. Those are all huge major metropolitan cities in the red states, right. the Republican states, the ones that have not voted Democratic in some time. And what you're seeing here is a political divide on the map. In blue states, you know, Illinois, the tickets are selling just fine. There are certain markets where the Dixie Chicks are doing very well, and certainly a huge portion of the country, 526,000 albums in a week sold, yeah. that's blockbuster. The idea that they've fallen it's off relative. the radar for some people, there's, a huge part of the country is behind them, and another part of the country seems to be turning against them. It's it's kind of sad, you know, that, that we've got the same divide in the pop music world that we've got in politics right now. And
1: it's interesting that their their statements, by comparison to some of the statements being made by rock musicians, relatively Mild, but it seems that the, the price that they've been made to pay for that exponentially much larger than any of the rock artists have had to uh, pay because of their Well, it's true. And when you go back to the roots of country music, I mean, country was the forum for free speech in America. You could say anything. Yeah. You know, and when did this shift? It has, and the Dixie Chicks are feeling the upshot.
2: Uh, We're going to be getting into the uh, joys of summer shortly here on Sound Opinions, but that is a song called Love Like Winter by AFI, whose seventh album, December Underground, just debuted on the top of the Billboard album charts last week. Couple hundred thousand sold. These guys are huge. You've never heard of them. That's okay. We'll tell you what you need to know. But uh, they like winter. Hate (laughs) summer. Love the rain. Love the dark. Love the gloom. Love the gray. Hate the sun. That's all. That's basically <laughs> the first thing you need to know about AFI. Another thing is that the album was released on six six oh six. Ooh, scary, <laughs> portentous. They uh, they were very psyched about this. They were more psyched than the Omen people. What they would like us to believe is that in fact uh, AFI is the band that Damien. From the first Omen, you know, back with Lee Remick yes. and Gregory Peck. That's yeah. the band he grew up and started, okay? <laughs> that's what we're supposed to think. Uh, another fact you need to know is that they love Eyeshadow more than almost anybody in the history of rock. Yes. Davey Havoc, who uh, would be the Damien of the group, is a tortured poet in the great goth tradition. But it, but it personally burns me when this band is described as goth. Because I, I have a certain amount of uh, fondness for the goth underground. And there's a lot of cool music being made uh, called Dark Wave or, or e- Ether Wave, ethereal music, uh, very gloomy, mysterious electronic sounds that that are kind of uh, what what the real goth kids listen to. These are goth posers. This is the hot topic crowd, you know, that goes to the shopping mall to buy goth, just like the Green Day wannabes go to, you know, to to buy the gel to make a mohawk, you know, (laughs) uh, when when the real punks would never in a million years, right? But uh, what AFI has done has slowly but surely over the course of these seven albums built up this huge following. And 2003, they had a tremendous mainstream breakthrough with with uh, Sing the Sorrow, and suddenly, you know, they are the band that the 11-year-olds in the shopping mall parking lot have embraced. The uh, legions of their fans have dubbed themselves the Despair Faction.
1: That tells you everything you need to know right there, right? That and the whole winter thing, uh, how they hate the sun. (laughs) The biggest band in the country is AFI, a.k.a. A Fire Inside. Ooh, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
2: So, you know, will you join the Despair Faction and embrace this group or not? Let's listen to a little of them, and you can make up your mind. Here's the big single. You're going to be hearing it uh, if you've got a troubled teen in your household or you are a troubled teen. You'll be hearing this seeping out from under the doorway all summer long. It's called Miss Murder by AFI from December Underground.
1: What I'm hearing is, you know, you mentioned the pseudo-goth thing. I'm hearing really big, big production values that don't remind me of any goth bands at all. I'm thinking of Mutt Lang producing Def Leppard in the 80s. (laughs) It's kind of like these big, exultant boom, bap, hey choruses. You know, they could be singing about, uh, you know, I love my mom.
2: I don't understand. There's a phenomenon among the Despair faction, these legions of fans, where people are actually having lyrics from this band tattooed on their back. Yeah. You know, it's like wow. Well, see, you know, if this—if you
1: think this is poetry, man, you, they, they love vampires. They love, you know, they—they they fantasize about making it with the undead. You know, there's blood well, see, dripping a, in every song. But it, but that's you know, an insult. I, I like all those things. So you know, that's an insult to the, me. I mean, the, I, I, that's the coolest kid in the school playground, right? The guy who's sort of dark and vampiric, and you know, it, it goes all the, the way back who gets to like that. Up. What are you talking about? You know, all the kids—you know—in the '60s, all the kids would run home and watch uh, Dark Shadows. You know, well, yeah, Th- there's yeah, this yeah, fascination with these kind of alien creatures. You think about the soundtracks to a m- movie like The Crow or Van Helsing. No, but what these we guys, have your... these guys sort of fit in with that sort of Hollywood no, 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 version no, no. Of, of a vampire. No, we
2: have we have a, a sociological paradigm shift here <laughs> because the Dark Shadows Uh-oh. kid. Oh, we're getting you know, deep. No, it's true. The Dark Shadows kid, or even the Crow kid, was always you know the slightly effeminate boy yeah. or the girl who was a little overweight, a misfit. They didn't fit in, and so they went goth. I mean, this has taken elements of that goth culture and brought it to the bully. This is the you know the soccer player star who beats up oh. all those other kids have you ever and seen then, the they, pictures
1: they, of these guys they're not those guys no, <laughs> they but, couldn't beat up anybody
2: listen to the music that's wh- who it's appealing it to it is
1: that's what I said that's why I go back to that whole Def Leppard idea it's like they're bringing these kind of uh, cool underground vampires dark shadows kind of vibe and combining it with these very anthemic kind of uh, mid 80's arena rock kind it's of hooks bogus, man. it's man you know we gotta do a real goth show
2: yeah. we have never done the goth exploration and I would kind of just because you know you got some guests in here that got black
1: Nail polish and lipstick. I mean, we want to do
2: goth right.
1: Dismiss this. Re- this is not goth. We are dismissing this record, and uh, you know, as as a piece of art, uh, the lyrics are laughable. It is art, but uh, it is a going to be a radio smash. There are three or four, or five songs in this record that are going to be big hits uh, in in coming months. I, I to, guarantee to uh, much to our chagrin and and
2: and the dismay of people with taste yes. anywhere. On the patented Sound Opinions, uh, buy it, burn it, or trash it rating scale. I mean, this is this is so far below trash it. It's not even. This is like compost.
1: It's kind of funny. I mean, it's probably worth a couple of laughs, laughs, you know? I I think if you combine it with the visuals and look at these guys and and look what they're saying and and you go... The thing is, I don't think they realize what a cartoon they are. They would be a great cartoon, and if they could laugh at themselves, this might be a kind of semi- interesting band, but I think they're taking this kind of seriously. Beetlejuice is a great cartoon, (laughs) you know? I mean, I wish they could. They could be Beetlejuice. This could be a lot of fun, but they're not... They're taking themselves so seriously that they're draining all the fun out of it, so therefore Trash it, baby.
0: Summer breeze makes me feel fine Blowing through the jasmine in my mind In the summertime In the summertime In the summertime when the weather is hot You can stretch right up and touch the sky When the weather's fine You got women, you got women on your mind See what you can find
1: Uh, Those are some songs that should put you in the mood for uh, what we're going to do next, which is uh, summer songs. Get you in the mood for summer. Basically, uh, Jim and I are going to look at some songs and play some songs that uh, put us in the mood for uh, this season. We're going to try to stay away from some of the more obvious ones like those. Those are all classics, no doubt about it. Classics, yeah. But let's not get that obvious. We want to go a little deeper, a layer deeper here if possible. Do they have
2: waterproof iPods?
1: I mean, can you bring (laughs) an iPod to the beach? I don't know, but I think that would be the next uh, logical step. I mean, think about how music connects with that season and how you associate memories with a particular song or a particular album. That's kind of what we're doing here today. And therefore, swimming, the beach surfing It's going to be a big part of this discussion. Well, Um, I got to go first last week when we did Buried Treasure, so it is your turn to go first, Mr. Cott, with uh, great summer songs. What have you got for us? Well, I can't imagine a summer without hearing this song. I I remember first hearing this song redone by numerous bands during the punk new wave era, late 70s, early 80s, and thinking, man, that's a great song. Who wrote that song? Where can I get the original of it? It's not that easy to find, actually. Uh, The original version of California Sun was not done by the Ramones, which is where I first heard it. That's an immortal version, though. An incredible version of that song. There were also a, a ton of bands in uh, Milwaukee, where I went to college, uh, Marquette <laughs> University. <laughs> well where known summer vacation we would do our, uh, We would do our uh, you know, student union pub crawl in, on Friday afternoons, and you'd hear this song at least once. It was one of those weekend-starting songs. And even in the dead of winter... You felt like you were on some beach ready to party. Done originally by a group called the Rivieras in uh, 1963, one of uh, countless garage rock bands of the 60s who who basically came and went with one wonderful song. A band out of South Bend, Indiana, of all places, as far from the California sun as you could probably get, imagining this world, conjuring this world in the mode of a, a, a classic garage rock quintet. Here it is, the Riviera's California Sun, a summer classic on uh, Sound of Where
0: Well, I'm going out of west where I belong. Well, the days are short and the nights are long. Where they walk, and I walk, they twist, and I'll just, they see California girls.
1: Vieras, 1963 California Sun, still one of the great uh, summer songs ever. Uh, Jim, we're collecting songs to put us in the mood for summer. What do you got? I've got something great, Greg. I think that can almost match uh, your
2: your song. I have some thoughts about summer to share in a little bit, but uh, I won't invade the uh, the fun quite yet <laughs> with that. You got to have a Beach Boy song, right? You can't do a show about great summer music or music that says summer without having a yeah, Beach Boy song, yeah. you, you know. It, and there's what, you know, only only seventy or eighty. Just that would not be. a
1: cliche Beach Boy song. That's no,
2: all. not a cliche. Well, this you could argue that this might be a cliche, but I guarantee that though we've all heard it uh, many many times, we haven't really examined it. All Summer Long by the Beach Boys is a great song. It's one that you hear all the time on classic rock radio. In elevators everywhere, right? You know, but I never really stopped to think about the lyrics until I was I was prepping for this uh, for this show. I mean, part of the thing is that it's it's got those classic harmonies, and it says summer like all the Beach Boys music does. And uh, you know, it's also about the end of summer, so there is that kind of sense of 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 expectation and the party ending. But if you look at the lyrics, what a trip they are! You know, we often don't give the Beach Boys credit uh, for being as subversive as they sometimes were. Mm -hmm. Brian Wilson, in particular, here was a guy who did not surf. Did not particularly like to drive. Didn't really like to leave his house. Didn't like his brothers or the band or stardom. You know, wanted to be at home in the studio. And here, this is actually kind of a lewd and lascivious tune. Sitting in my car outside your house. Remember when the you spilled Coke all over your blouse? I was like, I never knew those were the words. Have you ever? No. I guarantee you don't know what the words are. This is almost like a, a, a freaking hip-hop song. <laughs> t-shirts, cutoffs and a pair of thongs. We've been having fun all summer long. I never knew that in you know in the mid 60s the beach boys were singing the thong song, right? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Miniature golf and hondas in the hills when we rode the horse we got some thrills. I don't think he like, was talking about
1: the underwear though. When yeah.
2: we rode the horse we you know, Brian, man, what were you talking about? So I'm guaranteed so I I may have just, you know, uh bummed out many people by by giving them the beach boys in a whole new light, but I never thought about this. And and It's a classic song. So, All Summer Long by the Beach Boys. Boys, all summer long, Greg, which I think just goes to prove that if you sing in those uh, harmony falsettos, you get away with it. You look at it, and what this really is is we've been having sex all summer on the beach, (laughs) and now I'm done with you because summer's over, and I'm done. It's really like one of the meanest kiss off songs in history. Oh, my God. Thanks for that sleazy interpretation. (laughs) Uh, we're going to have more revelations like that. Uh, songs for grilling, songs for the beach, songs for uh, all the summer fun activities on Sound Opinions, plus a review of the new album from Sonic Youth later in the show. So stay tuned. Every now and then
0: we hear sound.
1: Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio. That's Granddaddy. Summer's here, kids. Yes, it is. That's and a good that, one. Uh, yeah, that's a summer classic for sure. Jason Salvatos. Modern day. Associate
2: Producer's uh, suggestion there.
1: So, we're uh, playing a bunch of songs to get us in the mood, creating our ultimate mix CD, something that we'd create for a friend that would put them in the mood of summer. We're going to get some calls here in a, in a few uh, minutes from our listeners. But I'm going to throw one more at you before we do that. When I think of summer, Jim, I'm also thinking about not just the season and the sun and the beach and the sand. I'm thinking about the atmosphere. There's something sensual about a really hot summer evening. You know, the sun has gone down, and yet the air is still sort of thick, and it's still sort of hanging there. There's a lot of songs that remind me of that particular feeling, that that sort of physicality of the season. You know, I'm thinking of something like The Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes For You. They're, it just sounds mossy and humid to me. Mm-hmm. And this next song that I'm going to play also puts me in that sort of mood. It's from Patti Smith, her fourth album, called Wave, which was done around uh, circa 1980. Little did we know that she was basically going to drop out of music for a number of years. And the reason she did was that she was falling in love. She was falling in love with the former guitar player with the MC5, Fred Sonic Smith. And basically, this album was her love song to him. And this song in particular expresses that feeling of losing control, of realizing that you're under the spell of somebody you're deeply, deeply in love with. I know where you're going. A song called Dancing Barefoot. To my mind, it's a song that expresses not only that love, but also in creating that atmosphere of a sensual, humid, summer night. And uh, here it is, Patti Smith, Dancing Barefoot, on Sound Opinions. <laughs>
0: Make oh.
1: Dancing barefoot from Patti Smith, setting the mood for summer. As far that's as I'm a, concerned, that's a great one. That's a great
2: one. I just love the, you know, the sublimation line, and also coming on like some heroin. Heroine. You yeah. know, the double play there. Exactly. Nothing says summer like a little shot of heroin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, now I'm going to take a left turn here, Greg, because I have a confession to make. While I love summer music, as I love old music, I hate summer. <laughs> Despise it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, philosophically speaking, there are two things in life that are worth doing that involve sweating. And one of them is playing the drums. <laughs> I won't go to the other one. All right, I, I don't I don't like being hot. I really don't like being humid. I just don't like it, man. It's oppressive. You know, it, it ain't doing it for me. Okay, uh, I'm gonna play great songs, but I'm gonna kind of illustrate different things I dislike about the summer. Or the rest of my picks. This
1: is one. Don't bum us out too much.
2: I, no, but they're all great songs. <laughs> I hate the beach. I really hate the beach. You know, I have this theory. There's two kinds of people in life. There's chocolate people and vanilla people, right? There's Rolling Stones people and there's Beatles people, right? There are pool people and there are beach people. I hate the beach, man. You know, you gotta like walk back sixteen miles through the through the sand like, come to the now, car. You, sand sand you know, between your toes
1: is not the like you the, drop the ice feeling cream in the world? The, No, come it's on. not. It's horrible. It's
2: horrible, man. I don't. I don't. I, concrete. No, give me concrete. This is a song I think which is about the pain that sand can cause you. It's called "Sand in My Joints" by Wire, and, uh, uh, <laughs> and so I just hate sand. I just, just dislike it because you know you're still picking it out of your underwear in 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 February, and that's wrong. It gets everywhere. It's just miserable. Sand in my joints by wire is everything to me about the pain of the beach you know because you can hear the pain in colin newman's voice as he screams about having sand in my joints this is from the wire's second album i will note that the three classic wire albums chairs missing pink flag and 154 have just been reissued in really nice new so this yeah. is a, the news hook as well as a uh, classic song on sound opinions Sand in my joints, I'm counting the grains, I'm feeling the pain. Ow! <laughs> yeah. I don't like skiing either, though. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've been giving you our thoughts about summer songs, but we love hearing from our listeners. We always get great feedback from them.
1: Let's go to the phones and see what your suggestions were. Welcome to Sound Opinions, Jessica from Chicago. How are you?
3: I'm doing very well.
1: Very good. Have you got a summer song for us?
3: Yes. My favorite summer song is I Will Dare by The Replacements.
2: Mm. Oh, I Will Dare by The Replacements. Now, Jessica, what is it about, now that that's an unconventional choice. What is it about that song that says summer to you?
0: Well, I grew up in Minneapolis, and so I
3: feel like Let It Be is more or less like my, Teenagerhood on record.
2: <laughs> yeah, summer. Summer in Minneapolis lasts about 15 minutes. The mosquitoes come <laughs> out, and then it's over.
3: Um, but I have a real sense of ownership about about the replacements, and in particular that song always. Uh, Maybe it was because the first time I heard that record was summer, of, you know, between ninth and 10th grade. And it just sort of reminds me of uh, riding my bike around Uptown and pining for boys on skateboards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and summer in Uptown is just beautiful, Greg. I mean, that's, that's where, wh- which lake is it? I always get the lakes confused.
3: Well, that's Lake Calhoun. But that's I grew Lake up Calhoun. By lake, I grew up by Lake of the Isles.
2: But just riding riding your bike around the lake in the in the summer in Minneapolis is just that that is great.
1: Do you have to have your parka on when you're no, riding no, your bike beautiful. around the lake? It's beautiful. It's so, I mean, it lasts
2: like I said, lasts fifteen yeah. minutes, but it is beautiful. Let's hear a little "I Will Dare," complete with the uh, twelve string of uh, Peter Buck from REM, Usher, right. right? 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 Remember that? I do indeed. Let's hear a little of this. I love you. Oh. There by the replacements from uh, the great Let It Be album. That is a summer song.
1: I think it totally is, and uh, we're talking case. about the summer of uh, '84, I believe, right? Which that was, was a, a great summer. A great summer for music. You had replacements, Let It Be. You had uh, Double Nickels on the Dime from uh, the Minutemen, and you had uh, Zen Arcade by Husker Du. I mean, Woo. wow! What more did you need? You're waxing your nostalgic summer? almost. Yeah. Uh, let's take another call. We're on with Matthew from Alabama. Matthew, welcome to Sound Opinions. How you doing? We're doing great. We're we're in a summer mood, uh, Matthew. What what have you got for us?
0: Um, are you familiar with the
1: band Weezer? Oh yes. We've heard of them. Well, uh their song El Scorcho is my favorite song of like any season.
2: Ah, now what is is that Pinkerton, Matthew?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. The great lost masterpiece. Yeah. The least heralded, but uh, brilliant album from Weezer. Now, Matthew, in Alabama, it's basically summer 10 months of the year, right?
0: Yeah, basically. We get, like, two weeks of frost, and <laughs>
2: yeah. that's about it. What, what is it about the Weezer song, El Scorcho, that says summer to you?
1: Well, like, summer is about the only time I can really summon up the energy to look for love, and, uh, you know, El Scorcho is kind of the soundtrack to my first, like,
0: memories of, you know, nervous love and... Now that I'm older, it kind of just makes me think about uh,
1: sex. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, <laughs> and, that, and that first nervous love is what Weezer has always done best.
1: Yeah, and he's, he's still kind of stuck there. But
2: uh... yeah, I'm not even sure he's gotten there yet, <laughs>
1: Rivers Cuomo. But you, on the other hand, Matthew, have moved on. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Rivers Cuomo, the most famous celibate in rock after Morrissey, or claimed to be. Anyway, let's hear a little El Scorcho on Sound of
0: a bitter public enemy why you wanna go and do me like that come down on the street and dance with
1: me a bitter bitter man rivers
2: como <laughs> He was troubled at that point. <laughs> it was right before he dropped out of music for a while. That's a good choice, Matthew. That uh, that does kind of capture the summer schizophrenia.
1: Are you still there, Matthew? I'm still there, but I'm still kind of in in the song a little bit. He wants yeah. to hear. He wants to hear the whole song. <laughs> uh, More. Do we have a translation in El Scorcho? What does that mean? Uh, literally. You don't analyze. You don't analyze lyrics, <laughs> Greg.
2: Well, right. thank you, Matthew. Good suggestion. Yeah, y'all call back. All right. Thanks. Thanks. I'll see
1: you. All right, let's go to our next caller, Lisa from uh, Maryland. Is that right, Lisa? Yeah, it is. And uh, you have a summer song for us.
3: Um, I'd like to recommend the Pastels, Windy Hill. Actually, it's uh, the Cornelius remix, which is
1: really good. You're getting uh, very uh, inside here. Years years of sound opinions, and we've never played a Pastel song, so I like that. And Cornelius is a uh, Japanese DJ, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, he was um, kind of thrown into the shibuya Key, I guess, genre, kind of mixing in jazz fusion, and they had a little bit of French pop influence from the 60s there.
1: Mm -hmm. So So an unlikely collaboration. Mm-hmm. You like the remix? Why? I mean, it, it improves upon the the original version of the song in some way.
3: Yeah, the original song was a little boring, but the remix <laughs> is so nice because it feels like there are little bugs just playing around, <laughs> around in the background.
1: Hence the summer mood, right? Yeah, and, yeah bugs and summer are synonymous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's let's hear a little of this, Lisa. Hang out with us for a second. Let's hear a little of pastels.
1: I'm totally buying the summer vibe on that thing. Uh, Nothing says uh, summer like that rhythm section of the crickets chirping. Yes, Windy Hill from uh, Pastel's The Cornelius Remix. That's a terrific choice, Lisa. Thanks.
3: (laughs) Thank you.
2: All
1: right, let's go to Ben on Sound Opinions. Ben, where are you calling from? Gentlemen, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show. Ben, have you got a summer
1: song recommendation?
3: Yes, I do indeed. It is Dr. Bombay by Del the Funky Homo Sapien.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Haven't we played we played this song once on the show a long time ago, right? Did right? you? If we didn't, we should have. What is it about this song that puts you in, in a summer mood?
3: Well, hip-hop today, I think, is mostly made for listening in, in a club. Mm-hmm. I think that the California hip-hop of that period was not meant for that setting. It was more for driving around outside in your car, and I think it sounds better on the concrete on a sunny day in mm. the city.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah you have to have the big refrigerator sized woofers in the back Oh of yeah car so, though That's, so
1: Ben drive Ben you drive one of those tricked out cars with you know, the low big wheels and the, and the low rider kind of frame I and I don't the, think there's many of them yeah. in DC Yeah
3: <laughs> No I drive a Toyota Camry <laughs>
1: <laughs> But he's banging Del the funky homo sapiens But in it makes, the makes you camera. feel like have yeah. a over Let's hear a
2: little Del the funky homo sapiens like a dog, and I'm a pin the tail on the bump, has anybody
0: seen Dale, Hands-
1: You know, when I, when I listen to the bassline of that song, I just hear the rubber hitting the hot pavement, and it's just sort of yeah. squishing around. You I know? Pin the tail great. on the funk. Man. <laughs> what a great I, song!
3: Yeah, I think it's Rump of Steel Skin by Parliament as the sample. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah.
1: It was definitely a Parliament baseline, There's no it's doubt. It's really about an it.
3: odd mix there because it's, it's Parliament, and then I think Doctor Bombay was a character on the TV show Bewitched. He yes. would say like a little phrase, and, and it was um, Bernard Fox, and he would like appear out of nowhere. With a bunch of very attractive nurses, and then he would kind of chase them around sometimes.
2: Paging yeah. Dr. Bombay. Paging Dr. Bombay.
3: And that's not all. This song, I think, maybe the only one in history that can say this, and this is why I wanted to mention it, mm-hmm. is the song credits, if you look at the single, go to George Clinton, of course, for the sample, Ice Cube, who's Del's cousin and helps mm-hmm. with the song, and then, believe it or not, blues legend Robert Johnson... For a, a reason I can't discern, maybe he's in there
1: somewhere, but I've never heard it. Maybe it's like a lyric quote or something like that, yes, wow. or an interpolation of a blues lyric. But that's pretty cool. We gotta dig. That through is that. a songwriting credit: Robert Johnson, Ice Cube, and George Clinton yeah. are co-writing a song.
2: Led Zeppelin well, made an entire career of, uh, of ripping <laughs> off Robert Johnson without credit, and they never credited him. Yeah, but Dell the
1: Funky Homo sapiens did. Dell was a man <laughs> with ethics. Yeah, exactly. He stole, you know, <laughs> half of
2: a bar or something from uh, Robert. Jo- now we gotta dive in and look at the whole thing no and figure kid. out
1: where the Johnson is. Very cool, Ben. Thanks. For For that selection, we really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, guys. Good stuff from our listeners here at Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio. We are talking summer songs, uh, getting us in the mood for uh, the hottest of all seasons. I am going to take us to the dance floor because summer dancing; those are things I think always go together. And I think summer is the time for not just dancing, but just absolute out of your mind silliness, craziness. I will not make the case for the political correctness of the following songs that I'm going to be citing, (laughs) but I will say that on a great sound system, they sound fantastic. I'm thinking about stuff like uh, Humpty Dance by Digital Underground, Naughty by Nature, OPP, Nelly's Hot in Here. Those songs may not sound so hot on a little tinny stereo system playing in in, in your car as you're driving through sub-zero weather, but there's something about those songs on a dance floor over a booming sound system when... The bodies are out there moving, and there's a little bit of sweat in the air, a little bit of humidity in the air. You know, that says summer to me. Rex and effect, to my mind, made the ultimate. Summer dance song with a song called "Rump Shaker." And again, <laughs> not gonna think, I'm not going to attest to the political correctness of this. I'm just going to say that people of all sizes and shapes and genders you're getting, uh, you're enjoy getting, this
2: you're song. Just, Mercury's <laughs> rising here, man. I'm just
1: going to. I'm afraid to be in this room with you, actually, right now. Oh well, you know, I'm not going to start dancing right now, but later on, I, I may have to. This was at the height of Teddy Riley's success. He was one of the architects of the New Jack Swing movement in R&B in the late '80s, early '90s. His brother Marquette Riley was one of the members of this group Rex and Effect and for the most part this is their biggest and best known song and to this day it still fills the dance floor. I think right alongside one of your faves Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. That's uh, a much better rum shaker. Rum yes, Shaker is yeah. a uh, is a heck of a song. But and I respect and, this one. And here it is on Sound Check Baby
0: Shaking bumps and the are Booties of the cutie, steady shaking, but relaxing. The action is packed in a jam like a concert beach. Bound to get you up, cold, flowing like a faucet. Not mean to make you sit, not mean to make you jump, but yet make the hotties In the party shaking. I like the way you comb your hair. Uh. I like the stylish clothes you wear. Uh. It's just the little things you do uh, that makes me want to get with you.
1: Side note on that song, "Rump Shaker." As you are uh, wiping the sweat off your body at this moment, think about the fact that the, a young Pharrell Williams had a co-writing, songwriting credit on that. He was a young protege of Teddy Riley at the time in the early '90s. And uh, wow, I- red hot with the Neptunes these days! It must have been ten
2: years old at the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, in keeping with my uh, downside of summer, I was going to play It's Summertime by the Flaming Lips, but you know, I already played Wire, so how many cliches can I fall prey to? <laughs> Instead, I'm going to do something which would also surprise you. I think uh, I don't think
1: we'd ever predict the day when I would play Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. On no, sound opinions. I can say with uh, heartfelt sincerity that I never expected no. you to play a Voodoo Daddy song. No, but this is this is a great song, and I think
2: they do a great version. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is a contemporary swing band from uh, Southern California. Mm-hmm. It can often cross the line from shtick to pure and utter irredeemable cheese. You know, it's party dance music, and then you're like, "Oh man, take off the silly suit and mm-hmm. stop shucking and jiving," right? But this is a great cover. The original was uh, a tune from the Rankin Bass cartoon. The year without a Santa Claus. That's the one where Santa Claus decides he wants a vacation and he doesn't come. As you know... (laughs) I prefer the wintertime but this is I think a great song about heat and about summer and I'm of course going to play part of the bookend the one brother is Snow Miser and the other one is Heat Miser and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy did just a jump and cover in a swing version of I'm Mr. Heat Miser you know and i mean, just, you're, you're mocking me you, I'm, people, not, I'm not I'm not people I'm cannot see your... that sneer <laughs> yeah. people cannot see the sneer on the radio but uh, you know you come to me when you get sunburn okay <laughs> bring it on I say yeah. bring it on yeah bring it on and I'm going to play this song and I'm going to laugh at you <laughs> So here's uh, Mr. Heat Miser by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy on Sound Opinions.
0: I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat Blister. I'm Mr. 101. They call me Heat Miser. Whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. I'm too much.
2: Thank you. He's too much. That's Mr. Heat Miser
1: by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. We'll be back with one more song from each of us to wrap up this summer theme that we've got going tonight on Sound Opinions, and then later on we're going to be reviewing the new Sonic Youth record, Rather Ripped. Oh,
0: some like it hot, but I like it ripped. Really
2: we back. We've got one more song about summer from myself and Greg, and then we're going
1: to dive into the Sonic Youth. But Greg, what do you got first? Let's close off with this one. And, and it may seem like one of the more obvious summer songs to cite. Obviously, it's in, it's in the title. You cannot get any more obvious than Hot Fun in the Summertime sly and the family stone a classic one of their greatest hits obviously at one of those songs you hear every summer i always loved this song because i just thought the mood that it set even if you didn't hear a word that they were saying put you in a frame a particular frame of mind i think sly being the subversive man that he was was talking about not about summer but he was talking about getting baked in a a totally different way here Uh Listen to that voice That smoker's baritone of Sly Stone Basically says I am high all the time Don't you wish you were too uh, <laughs> it, it, This song is essentially saying that Over and over again To my mind The song was a subversive little ode Snuck in there like Oh here's, a, here's a, a summer ditty Look he's talking about the county fair And getting out of school No he's not He's having fun on his own Sly Stone plane In uh, Hot Fun in the Summertime On Sound Opinions Fly in the family stone getting good and baked. That's um. a good one, Greg. And, Jim, you got to wind us up with The Ultimate. What, what do you got for hey, well, us?
2: This is The Ultimate from my point of view. Remember what I think about Summer. There's no other song to go out on. I think this is a band that I think we've sort of forgotten, aside from occasionally hearing in a movie soundtrack from the era. But Bananarama was actually a band <laughs> that had a fair amount of credibility. No, 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 no. I, you know, I, mean, I, I they had, know where you're
1: going with this, and had, I think I'm going to like it. Yeah. They,
2: they were you know, <laughs> three women in London who had been friends since the age of 13, who in the uh, wake of punk said... We can do that. We can do – you know, we've since seen so many prefab manufactured yep. girl groups in the Spice Girls mode. But there was a time, especially in the punk mode, when, you know, the fact that you couldn't really sing and you couldn't play any instruments, it didn't matter. You know, they, they had a look, they had the attitude, they had the energy, and they had the friends because they had initially lived in an apartment over a Sex Pistols, Steve Jones and Paul Cook. Mm-hmm. And later on, they linked up with Terry Hall of the Specials, and they got a lot of help from very talented friends and made some absolutely kill Singles And the best song I think ever that sums up the Jim DeRogatis view of summer <laughs> is Cruel Summer. You know, yeah. a huge hit in 1983. Hot summer streets and the pavements are burning. I sit around trying to smile, but the air is so heavy and dry <laughs> <laughs> uh, ugh, uh, you like that, okay? It's all yours, man. I'm never dissing summer, man. Uh, never. Uh, give me the air conditioning any day. I'm I'm Mr. Coldmiser, okay? But this is Bananarama, and this is a great song. I make no apologies. "Cruel, Cruel Summer" by Bananarama on Sound opinion. summer Bananarama says and I second that emotion <laughs> that's it for summer songs for this year we'll probably do it again next year you know uh, but now we've got a look at a new album by Sonic Youth the 17,000th or 15th depending on how you uh, count of their career <laughs>
1: song called Incinerate from the new Sonic Youth record Rather Ripped, the 15th full-length studio album from the New York City Quartet in 25 years and yes back down to a quartet after a 6-year fling with a five-member lineup that included Jim O'Rourke, the noted producer, guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, arranger guy. And tell her of bad jokes. (laughs) Six years, three albums with O'Rourke. Now back down to the core quartet of Thurston Moore, Kim Gordon and Lee Ronaldo, who founded the band in the early 80s in New York City, and the baby of the group, Steve Shelley, who joined in 1985 on drums. The leaner lineup also has made for some leaner songs on this record, rather ripped. It's a very straight ahead record in a career that has been more noted for Bringing the Noise, noisy art punk band formed at the height of the no wave era in New York City when it was almost a given that if you are a guitar band from New York City, you are either a uh, skinny tie new wave band or some kind of anarchist art punk ensemble, much like Sonic Youth, uh, graduates of the Glen Branca and Reese Chatham schools of guitar noise uh, using guitars as orchestral instruments, building up huge walls of sound with the guitars, and have sort of maintained a career uh, at the underground level despite some uh, pretty good notoriety, uh, particularly in the late 80s and early 90s when they were sort of embraced by the younger alternative rock generation. Famously Nirvana signed again yes, because
2: that was the label that had signed Sonic Youth.
1: Exactly. Although so, they
2: sold one one millionth of the amount of records. No, uh,
1: never big sellers, but uh, revered by not only their peers, but by future generations of rockers who have picked up guitars as sort of a model of how to conduct a career in the punk underground. Still around and still, still very much vital. The new album is called Rather Ripped. Here's an example of, of what's going on on the new record. It's a song called Rena, and it features Kim Gordon, nominally the bassist in the group, but really kind of a figurehead in the punk underground, not only for her songwriting and bass playing, but also the fact that she was one of the pioneering females in this world when she came to the fore in the early 80s. Here's Gordon taking the lead on the song called Rena from the new Sonic Youth Record on Sound Opinions.
0: You can't
2: by Sonic Youth the uh, second track that kicks off Rather Ripped their 15th studio album Greg generally speaking I don't pay much attention to critical consensus you and I each week have our our, uh, critical discussion we go back and forth but I really don't care what any other critics think Uh, I generally listen to an album and and formulate my own opinion, and I did that with this Sonic Youth record, and then I uh, made the mistake of checking what the critical consensus seemed to be, and read about a dozen reviews. Critics are once again falling all over themselves to praise Sonic Youth to the high heavens. I think that the official line seems to be that after three varyingly tuneful records with O'Rourke, they were getting back to the songs, away from the experimentation a little bit. They've made their most tuneful record in more than a decade. People are saying there's tons of melodies on this record they're loving this record i get more guff from sonic youth fans than almost any other band except for rush and in both (laughs) cases i like rush and i like sonic youth i like sonic youth but i feel that they haven't lived up to their potential in a very long time if we go back to 1990s goo 88's daydream nation 86's two albums, Sister and Eval, and 85's Bad Moon Rising, those were consistent records. They were good from beginning to end. And I don't feel that Sonic Youth has made a consistent record since 1990. There are some great moments on this one. You have the, those two songs that we we've sampled. Rena and Incinerate are kind of uh, jaunty galloping tunes with interesting guitar. And Thurston and uh, Kim Gordon, his wife, are singing actual sort of hooks. You have the kind of uh, sort of sexy... Kim lusting after Turquoise Boys, the name of the song. And there's a Daydream Nation kind of retro tune that's called uh, Jams Run Free, The rest of the album is pretty dismissible. You have Lee Ronaldo, who gets the gratuitous one or two songs per album, and they're never any good, singing this kind of horror movie tune about rats, and you have Thurston doing some very easy Christian baiting with Do You Believe in Rapture, and then you have this absolutely dreadful non-song that ends the album called Or, I don't ever want to hear any of those again. I have no idea what the critical raves are about, and this is a mediocre record by a once great band that is still clearly capable of greatness if it would only focus.
1: Well you know I have to say that you're being much too harsh uh, on this (laughs) record. (laughs) That's Uh, what these people who always come up to me and are angry about my thoughts on Sonic Youth are. It's not a great record but it it is a very good one I think and I think Sonic Youth lately uh, has been very good pretty consistently I I really put these guys up there with uh, one of the few bands who has been able to sustain not only a credible career but has been able to make very good late career albums. I can't think of many groups that have made more good late career albums than Sonic Youth has. That doesn't mean they're going to be big selling records, but I really really like the songwriting on this record. I especially like the contributions that Kim Gordon's made. I think this is the most consistent batch of songs that she's brought to any Sonic Youth record in quite a long time. And and the she is
2: singing very well, but the predominance of just these kind of lazy laid back grooves, they don't bother you.
1: Uh, they're not lazy. Oh, they're I mean, fair- they're very lackluster. The the, the strumming is there and and there's sort of a dreaminess there but there's also a momentum there that I think you're missing and I love the way that dreaminess sort of catches fire like in the Coda to Jams Run Free and the Bridge of Turquoise Boy and the way the, the entire song, the neutral, just continues to build and build and build. Uh, they're clearly trying to, to move into some new territory here in the way that their guitars are sort of working together. The voices, the voicings of those guitars and the tunings of those guitars. I really just think that the fact that they don't repeat themselves and that they are pushing some new melodic terrain is very encouraging to me. I think you made a good point about the last song on the record, that sort of spoken word piece. What a dreadful way to end what I think is otherwise a very fine record. On the Sound Opinions rating scale, buy it, burn it, trash it. This is definitely a buy it record for me.
2: Well, like I said, I love those four songs that I name-checked, and I think otherwise it's pretty dismissible. Burn those four songs, by all means, and uh, I think that if I was able to go through your Sonic Youth collection and plunder the, the last six albums, I could make a killer compilation disc, but those six albums
1: should have been one album. This isn't a great album. This this is a burn it. Little summertime rolls from Jane's Addiction. Yes, we were playing summer songs tonight. That was a lot of fun. And it was great to hear from the listeners as well. Soundopinions.org, if you want to uh, jump into a discussion about great summer songs, there's a long thread at the uh, message board there. And next week, please join us because we've got a real fun show. We're going to have two of the members of Radiohead joining us. Tom York and Johnny Greenwood are going to be here to talk about the new Radiohead album that is going to be coming out in 2007. The new Tom York solo record that is about to be released, and the Radiohead tour, where they are debuting songs from that forthcoming album. So, uh, yeah, one of the hottest. Really tours. looking forward to the talking hot, to those hottest guys. Hottest tour of the summer.
2: We got some thank yous to say on the way out. Executive producer is Tori Southside Malatia and we love him. Our managing producer and director is Todd Bachman. Our producers Matt Spiegel. Associate producers are Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. We get some legal help from Dino Armiros. Technical assistance from Joe Dessau. I'm going to join Robin and Jason
1: over there cuz uh, they've got rump shaker going. <laughs> <laughs> you were entirely too hot tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with you. Seven!